You are listening to the Independent Dealer Podcast with hosts Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's do this. Uh, I'm Harry Bukele. I live in Austin, Texas. We have a car dealership called Discovery Auto Sales. We opened in 2010, February 2010. Um, we do 90% of our sales are buy here, pay here. We we'll still do a little bit of a retail um, with finance, outside finance companies, um, having fun, enjoying the ride. But like you said, um, a lot of uh, difficult parts during those uh, last 10 years. Yeah. So, so let's start, let's start now and then we'll work our way backwards, Harry. When you say you're 90% buy here, pay here, um, what's the makeup of your dealership? How many sales? You guys are one location. I know you just built a store. It's beautiful. Um, how many sales do you do? And what's the makeup of, of your employees? Just maybe give us an overview of your dealership. So we kind of have a grasp on where you are now and then we'll rewind and talk about how you got there. Sure. Um, yeah, we, we have only one location. I used to have two, three small locations. That's a bad idea for me at least. Now we only have one big location. We sell something between 120 to 130 vehicles per month. Um, we sell, like I said, 90% of our sales are buy here, pay here. We have a related finance company. It's called Sus Financial. Um, and yes, we finance those vehicles. We still do, um, I would say something between 10, 15 sales with, um, um, with finance companies like Westlake, uh, Lobel Financial, Great Acceptance. Um, so those are a little bit more expensive vehicles that we prefer to go with those guys. Um, instead of uh, keeping it in house, our goal is by April next year, we should be doing 100% uh, by here, pay here. Okay. Um, yes, we, just to give you an idea of how we, we handle things here, we are like 34 people total between the finance company, the shop, the reinsurance company, all the people involved in the company. Uh, we have five salespeople. We have a general manager, a sales manager. We have an F&I department with two guys uh, running it. Uh, we have uh, uh, service advisors, a couple of service advisors. Um, we have a mechanic shop with 10 mechanics. We have 10 bays. Um, so yeah, we have a paint booth in the back. So we have two painters. So we try to keep it in house so we can control the expenses. It's a little bit more complicated. It's a little bit more work, but you make a little bit more money. And that's, that's the main thing here, man. Saving, saving the pennies you can, you know, um, taking care of the, taking care of the pennies, you can save the, the dollar. So you're right, Harry. That's uh I think especially a dealership your size definitely has to have everything internal. We, we really appreciate you being here. Um, and for everybody, Harry just got into our 20 group. And uh, so I just met Harry, I guess, a couple of months ago. And it's uh, good to see you again, Harry. Um, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Where are you from, Harry? <laughs> uh, I'm from Columbia. Um, and that's not Columbia, South Carolina, because I'm in Columbia, South Carolina right now. <laughs> Col- Columbia. Capital C. Let me let me tell you. Uh, my grandfather was from Italy. Um, my mom and father from Colombia. I've been. I moved to the states fourteen years ago, thirteen years ago. Um, and yes, I, I love this country. I'm a citizen now. And when we have a soccer game between Colombia or Italy or and, and the states, I usually don't watch the game. <laughs> I don't want to take parts. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's, that's my, my background. I went to college. I went to college. I, uh, I, went, I had a international relations uh, degree um, and I was uh, making some, some um, you know, have some experience on that part in, in Colombia. So uh, 
when you came to the U.S., uh, what was your why? What I mean, did you say I want to be a buy here, pay here dealer? So I, uh, I decided to come to the U.S. No, no that's for sure wasn't the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a long story, maybe for another podcast, but um, I had to. That was kind of like a, a live or die situation, so I have to come. And and when I was, um, it's funny because when you come, you don't have a sure idea what you're going to do, right? You know that you have to start all over again, um, but you're not completely sure. Um, I was waiting for all my paperwork uh, to get done. And one day, one of my, one of my friends, he uh, advised me to sell vehicles. Say, Harry, uh, you're a good salesperson. Uh, I know you're trying to get into your, you know, college degree career. But if you sell vehicles, I'm pretty sure you're going to make more money. And I gave it a try. And I went to a place. I last three weeks. I wanted to do everything, right? I wanted to go crazy. I want to do it. And the owner said, no, you know what? That's fine. We... We work it on a slow, uh, slow pace here. We don't need to go that fast. Third week, I left. And I went to another car dealership, and they were in the same idea. They were like, we want to grow. We want to get this. I stayed with them for a year, learned a lot. And after that, I decided to save some money. And I decided to open uh, my dealership with a, with, a, with a business partner that I have. You know, Harry, it's, it's interesting that – and I. I don't know why this is, but it seems like so many immigrants end up in the car business. Is it, what's the, what's the enticement? Why, um, why does that seem to be a line of work that, that so many want to do? Or are, I mean, is it the ease of getting into it? Well, you know, I don't know. I can give you the political answer. Or I can give you my real answer. My real answer is, is because um, easy money to be made with the, with the, <laughs> with the least time that you can spend in a profession. You know what I mean? It's like you go, you sit, and you get, you're in Texas. People need vehicles, right? So right. you can find tons of people that just go and think selling cars is easy, sitting, waiting. And that's the reason you get so many immigrants on this profession. Now, the good ones, the ones that succeed, those are different. Yeah. They work hard. They, they see us as like their own company, and they... They work in a different way. That's, that's, that's the way I did it. So you can find many people, but if you look for the successful people, you're going to find American guys, African-American, white uh, immigrants. The good ones, doesn't matter where they're coming from, they're going to work hard. Yeah. You, and I don't think it's you, when you say easy money, I mean, Harry, go back to those days when you began. I mean, it wasn't easy, right? Like you were, you were, you and your partner, you were there seven days a week coming in all the time, putting deals together from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I said easy money because that's what people think outside of the industry, right? Yeah. They feel, oh, you're going to go there and they're going to pay me 20, 25% of the gross and I'm going to make four, $500 in every car that I sell. And reality is completely different. But that's what you think outside of the industry. Jeff, you are right. We, <laughs> the first location that we rented, um, we, we paid something around like $1,000 a month. We didn't have even a bathroom. No bathroom at all. No toilets. <laughs> um, we have to make an, an agreement with um, the pizza place next to us. So um, we will buy two or three times a week the lunch from those guys, and they allow our customers and us to use their bathroom. So, yes, <laughs> it, was, it was different, though. But you know what? I opened in 2010. Um, it was a different moment. Uh, we used to sell only cash. You know, we, the first time that we went to an auction, we bought like nine vehicles with $15,000. So it was a different era, right? 
Yeah. But you would, you would say like, I mean, you fronted your own money and you hustled. So just, so I want to paint this picture for everybody. This was 2010. You started with a couple thousand dollars in your account selling stuff out of a double wide trailer with nothing with and, no and, and no bathroom. And the story of how you got there is interesting to be love to see the details. But today you sell 110 cars a month and your portfolio is what? Seven or something? No, we're around 30 millions. We have 1400 accounts. 13. You said one, three. 1,400 accounts, one four. And how many 13 million? million? 13 million. 13 million. One three. 13, one three. One 1,000,000, 1,400 accounts. That blows my mind. And debt, a little bit of debt, I think. But, but not yeah, much. And yeah. on the building, maybe. No, yeah, just a building, really, in reality. So I started in 2010 with my dealership, had my finance company before then. I've been in business about the same amount of time, maybe a couple of years longer if you talk about the finance company getting a head start. I am a fraction of where Harry is, a absolute fraction. So that's why I've always looked at Harry as like inspirational because what I think you do well and what I think a lot of dealers can learn from is you, you never, I mean, you joined a 20 group when you and I met maybe five years ago, but right. you always you were always looking outside the box. You never said, well, this is the way it's always been done, so this is the way we need to do it. You didn't come from the new car store or the used car store. You weren't taught bad habits by your uncle or your dad. You always looked at it like, well, no, of course we're gonna do that. Of course I'm gonna do buy here, pay here in retail. Of course I'm gonna sell this car for a minimum. Of course I'm gonna send stuff to CAC. Of course I'm gonna take these risks. And I think that's what's so inspirational about your story is, I mean, you, you, you did it. That the- it's, it's a huge success. All right, guys, just to interrupt the podcast real quick, we want to make sure you know about TaxMax program. Uh, of course, we have promoted them on the podcast. They're a great sponsor and a friend here. Uh, we do have a promo call code podcast. So if you use that, you're going to get a discount on your fees. And here's the deal, guys. We know tax time is going to be huge. Stimulus huge. checks are hitting right now. Huge. Taxes are still hitting. They're going to be big. You're going to want to get your hands on that money before they go spend it elsewhere. Everybody sure, owes sure. rent. They owe everything. And the guys at TaxMax, they can get you set up the same day. So when you sign up, you are set up the exact same day. You watch some training videos. It's super, super easy. For sure. That's uh, the best way to get the people's tax money is to hand them their tax money, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you take it, you carve your section off of that check and you give them the other half of the check and, and, and it, nobody and put it in your pocket. That's right. And nobody else does it but tax max, I think. Yeah. yeah. Nope. All right, guys. Back to the podcast. It's crazy. Isn't that the immigrant mindset that, I mean, just do it, right? I mean, go big or go home or, I mean, I, I, that's what I seem to I mean, maybe I got, do I have the wrong opinion on that, Harry? No, 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 you're right. I think it's not about immigrants. I think everybody, I think you are the same and Jeff is the same. And many people that watch this podcast, uh, they think in the same way. They want to make it. Um, but sometimes we're afraid. Um, we, don't, we don't jump. We just go step by step. Um, and sometimes we just take an advice and we just follow that advice without, you know, thinking outside the box. And um, for me, like you said, I was, I want to make it. Um, doesn't matter why, how. I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to make it. Um, Jeff is right. Yeah. If, uh, I, we started selling cash vehicles. 
um, I, we used to buy vehicles for 1500 bucks and sell them for 2000. Um, my first main meeting with my business partner, um, we got into an agreement about that we can replace a vehicle. Yes, we can, but we can't replace a customer. So we, we didn't care if we were making only 300 bucks or a thousand bucks. If it was a sale and it was a new customer, we said, you know, just go ahead and sell it. That customer is going to bring another one. I'm just going to give you an idea. By the end of 2010, we opened our second new small location. That one had a bathroom. <laughs> and we, we were selling, I remember November 2010, we sold 75 vehicles cash only. Mm. So we were selling because we sold vehicles in January, February, or March, and they were bringing more customers. Yes, we got an amazing deal with us, right? They were like, oh, these guys are new in town, and they, I just bought this vehicle. And yes, many of my friends in the industry said, Harry, you are crazy. You're stupid. You are throwing away your money. That's so difficult to get that vehicle. You know what I did, uh, Jeff? And I think Jeff knows the story. I used to go to five different cities, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every, week, every day of the week to different auctions. And I understood that from the beginning that selling is easy. The most complicated part is buy the right vehicle. Let me give you an example. If you buy a nice vehicle and you have the right price, how difficult is it going to be for you to sell it? At all. Yeah. You're going to sell right. it within a day. The complicated part is selling a 2004 Chevy Cobalt with 148,000 miles uh, uh, in a yellow color and a standard. That's mm -hmm. a complicated one. If you sell that one, you're a good salesperson, right? So if you go to the same auction like anybody else in your town, the only thing that you're doing is just uh, digging a hole. It's going to be difficult to get out of that hole. That's mm -hmm. the reason I went to so many different auctions. I didn't matter if it was a Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, I, different auctions every day trying to get that vehicle to get the best deal to my customers at the beginning. So that was the main, the main motive for us. And that's, I think, that's something, let's just stop right there because, Harry, you hit on something so important is building a customer base. And that's really hard for some people who jump into the business selling high-end cars, let's say, because your customer base is limited to people with high profits, right? But what Harry did, I think, is really unique and, and makes a lot of sense. My dad did the same thing years ago, but sold cars that were affordable to masses. And what you do is you create this huge customer base. And as soon as you do that, it starts to feed each other. And later on, if you want to narrow it down, you can. But at first, that's just a great way to start and build a reputation without a lot of money in your marketing program. So Harry, I, I, that's amazing that you, that you did that. How did you, how'd you transform? How'd you decide that buy here, pay here is where you want to go? Because I, I know you said just a second ago, Hey, I want to, I want to be hundred percent buy here, pay here. And, and you know, that's, I love buy here, pay here. So that's great. But you hear so many people want to move the opposite way, but you're wanting to go all in. So why, what, it, what makes it so interesting to you? Why do you want to do that? Well, that is a great question though. Look, um, I get an advice a long time ago that it is important to plan, but it's way more important to replan, right? So you can have an idea, put it together, and start working on it. But you're going to see after six, three months, whatever you want to call it, the dynamics are different. So you have to replan it. Usually the companies that fail is because they don't know how to replan. They're going to die, and they're going to stay with the same idea. I give you this. 
we all been selling cash cars, 1,000, 1,500, My most expensive vehicle was a, a Ford Focus for 2,800 bucks. Uh, with the time you start feeling the market and you say, you know what, there is a change. There is a different dynamic. Um, the, the, the credit is coming back. So let's start buying some, you know, a little bit more expensive vehicles. And I started signing up with different finance companies. And after that, um, three, four years after down the road, I, my slogan was everything under 10,000. And everything that we used to sell was under 10,000, either cash or with finance companies or the buy here, buy here part. But what I noticed with the time, and I live in Austin, we have so many people moving in every day, major companies moving in, and we have a lot of competitors, right? So now you can ask 3,000 down for a $69.99 vehicle. That's, that's important, you won't get it. So we move with the changes, we feel the dynamics, and now we sell vehicles for $20,000, and we also sell vehicles for $69.95. So you move around what you have in the market, what the market is showing you. And that's a mistake that I usually see, that when, when some fellow car dealerships, they say, I've been doing this for the last 15 years, and they don't change it. And Jeff uh, rephrased something at the beginning, and it was true. I remember my first meeting um, at the 20 group meeting, um, Everybody was looking at me like, are you crazy? I said, no, that, that's the way I, 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 I love your idea. I love your experience. I'm going to take what I need, but I'm going to pull it together in the way I feel is going to make me successful. And that's what I've been doing. I, I've been taking a lot of advices from different people from 20 groups and IADA people, but I've been doing my own when I, when I feel that I need to do something different. That is interesting. And it's so relevant right now that, you know, hopefully at the end of COVID that, that how you've evolved your business. And I think everybody has learned during this time that if you keep doing exactly what you've been doing for, for 20 years, it's not going to work and you get run over. I mean, look at the huge retail stores that have gone bankrupt this year. I think uh, there's a lot to be taken from that. Yeah. Harry, what else would you, what else, uh, what other advice would you give dealers? It sounds like you're saying be flexible. Don't get stuck in one business model necessarily. I don't, I don't think you need to try to be everything to everyone all the time, but if you need to pivot from year to year, you know, have the ability to do that. Naturally, you've kind of gone up in ACV as you've been, you know, you've got a nicer, newer building, you're courting a nicer, newer customer. You're comfortable putting $15,000 on the road with a customer. Um, but what, what other advice would you give dealers that are out there, either starting up or, or that have been in business for a while? Well, Jeff, it's, it's so complicated to give an advice because every, I remember I went to a conference and this guy was talking about 3% um, delinquency rate, right? And I was like, what? My delinquency rate is like 16, the best, uh, 15, and I'm throwing a party. And yeah. he's 3%, I was like, I'm doing everything wrong. But when you go into the details, you see that's a, a, this is a different picture. Is he was in a small town in a specific area where he can go to a uh, judge and get the money in a good way or in a bad way. Um, uh, he, he was selling to all the people that he knew really. So giving an advice is difficult and that's what everybody has to understand is take it with a grain of salt. You mm. can hear me now and I can, I can tell you how we did it we switch, we change during years, and I've been success, successful in that. But other people, other people, other people, other people been doing So what everybody needs to understand is every market is different. You have to know your market. You know, you need to know your basis. 
And basing on that or taking in consideration that is when you, you know what, this is what I can do. Um, one of the main things that I said, and I went against the current is I don't like debt. I didn't use floor plan. Yeah. Uh, my line of credit uh, is around 4 millions. I owe $220,000 to keep it open. Okay. When I was starting and I was using my own money, many guys, many friends, they were like, Harry, are you, are you, are you crazy? Use somebody else's money. And I said, why are you going to pay in 20% in a floor plan when I can make those 20% for me? So my advice is, I don't know, I can get, uh, I don't know, IRS or whoever you want to call it, come back to my office today and I'm fine. I don't know anything. I've been doing everything by the book legally. And if for any reason my bank calls me today, I say, oh, I need you to pay me the 220, that's fine. Because I have no debt. And yeah. with this pandemic, when we were, you know, having slow sales for the moment, I didn't freak out. I didn't have to pay. We carry around 200 vehicles here in inventory, right? Mm. Between the ones that we have in the back and the ones that we have up front. We own the inventory. We, 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 we don't, there is no debt on that inventory. So when everything happened, I was like, okay, that's fine. Stop buying a little bit, relax. We're going to sell what we have. Nothing is loose. Keep it, keep it cool. So my main advice for everybody is understand the market, understand their situation, get different opinions, and make your own decisions. On it. But That's funny. be careful with that. That's funny. I, I, uh, I'm totally with you on debt. I hate debt, and I don't... Um, I don't encourage people to go get it and they're smart debt too. So we can all get into that. But, but one thing Dave Keller told me years ago about, about our business, he said, Luke, you can, you can produce cash really quickly in our business. I said, well, how? I just feel like I'm, I'm always chasing cash. He said, you ever thought about quit buying cars for a month? <laughs> and, and as soon as you get that realization, Holy cow. Yeah you know what, in the buy here, pay here business, you quit buying cars for a month, you may run out of inventory, but holy cow, you will generate some cash. So you've always got to have that in the back of your mind. If things slow down, then you can always do that. You can sell what you got and start over. So I really love those, uh, those keys there, Harry. That, that's awesome. Speaking of starting over, I think I know the answer to this, Harry, but we've asked this of all the dealers. Hypothetically, if you woke up tomorrow and your dealership was gone, everything you'd built, would you start a dealership again or what? what? <laughs> oh, we'll start a flower shop or something like that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> tell me why you, you think you're pivoting into being a finance company, right? Didn't you tell me that? Is that something I can say on yes. here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the goal. That's a 2021 goal. Um, um, yes, I'm not planning to open another car dealership. I think the finance company is the way to go. Mm-hmm. I think there is a market that uh, the current finance companies don't uh, are afraid to take care of. They don't want to get into the market. I know it's been working for us, and I know there are a lot of dealerships right there that um, they, they 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 will benefit of um, our ideas as a finance company. Those that's that's my goal. Um, my advice to anybody that is thinking to get into this business is um, it's gonna be a, a rough rough ride. Um, but you're going to make money. If you do the right thing, yeah. you're going to make money. Um, and you're going you're gonna to meet a lot of nice, really nice people. And, and at the end, you kind of become a family with so many different guys from different states, different places. And that's, I think that's worth it. And don't get me wrong. If you make it happen, if you know how to make it happen, you're going to make money. 
but this is not an easy business. And keep in mind this, my story is 120, 130 sales per month, but you need to go to that. I know plenty of people that they only sell 20, 30 or 40, and they are running a nice facility, making a really nice living, making enough money to enjoy life, right? So don't always see the guy with more sales and think that guy is more successful than the other guy because it's not true. At the end, we just look for happiness though. So, but just, just think twice or three times <laughs> if you really want to get into this business. That's a, you know, you're so right, Harry. Everybody, and I think it's the ego of the car dealer that we all want to sell hundred cars a month. We all want to say, I sell hundred cars a month, but you can be very successful not selling hundred cars a month. Is there, was there a point where you said, you know what? I'm going to sell a hundred cars a month. This is how I'm going to get there. Uh, do you regret getting there or do you think it's a good spot for you? Well, that's a super good question. Um, yes, it was a moment that I regretted uh, that idea. Um, to give you an idea, my motivation is to be number one every time, right? Yep. So I was running the cross-sell report and I saw this guy, someone that I really respect and I learned a lot. Uh, he was selling 140, 150. I was, I can be the same guy. I can do more than that. I can go there. But during that process, uh, many days I was like, I think I'm too crazy to accomplish that. Um, but now we are in a point that I feel that um, it was worth it. It was worth it. It's, it's, mm -hmm. The company is running kind of by itself. Um, I still, I'm still involved. Um, 40% of my time is, in, is, is with, with the car dealership in the finance company. Um, I, I was able to, and oh, that's the main thing. Build your team. Uh, find the right team that, that, that's, that will make it or break it for you. Yeah. If you get the right people to become that team that supports your company, take care of those guys because they gonna run it so good for you that you can start enjoying life after, after 10 years. Yeah, I think that'd be my argument and to more sales is, is when you're selling 10 to 20 a month, it's you and your wife and your mechanic and you guys are there seven days a week to answer the phones and take care of stuff. Once you start selling 20 to 30 to 40, now you've got a general sales manager and a couple salesmen that are there on Saturday. So you can go to 20 group meetings and you can take vacations with your family and the system's still going. Once you get to 50 to 80 or 100, now you have two levels of sales managers and you've got a lot of bloated overhead. You almost have to push through from that 50 to 80 into the 100 plus. It almost seems like to like, because you're adding, you're adding non-producing personnel expenses. I, I don't know. That's my, my thought. But I do know that, you know, if you guys don't follow Harry on Instagram, you should. He travels to places that I've only dreamed of and would never dare go. Um, and Harry and, and his wife, they, they go and, and they travel and they do these things. And um, he has that lifestyle freedom in his dealership because he's built it. And, and like you said, put in good people that run his system when he's not there. I agree. But just keep in mind that I, even today, I come to work Monday through Saturday. So I, uh, I am here all the time. For the last few months, I've been taking yeah. a different, but 10 years down, uh, going back, I was Monday through Saturday from nine to seven, eight. So I was putting yeah. my soul in this company. So that, that's what I'm saying is, is not, nobody's going to make it. Is no, Nobody's going to take it to the point that you want to take it. 
they can just keep it and keep it in pilot mode. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You get the right people, they're going to help you out to grow it. And after that, when you feel you're there, that's when you, okay, go ahead, keep, keep going. But you have to be there, man. This is a, such a complicated business. I was telling you this morning, every time that I come to my office, there are people already parked. Nine in the morning, I have like four, five, six different people buying, paying, or complaining. It's always something going on. <laughs> if you go to the service area, man, this is like a, a, a airport. There are parts coming every single day. We don't have parking spaces. This is a three-acre store. And it's too small now. So it's, it's, it's always demanding something. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a nonstop fun, this um, car dealership. But Jeff, remember though, every time, every time that you hire somebody, it's an investment. Um, you don't hire anybody just to be sitting there. I, I don't do that. Everybody that is working in this company is producing me money. Even my wife. <laughs> She's you producing probably that the about most money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She's producing the money, the real money. Yeah, she, she's the one collecting it, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that that's all good points. And, and what I see is, you know, where you say you're stepping into a finance, you know, you see yourself stepping into kind of being a finance company. And that's the natural evolution of growing such a large portfolio. It starts spinning off enough cash that you actually get to the point where if you don't want to grow past 100 cars a month, you have to find other ways to loan that money out because it eventually builds up so much that you've got to put it out there somehow. So buying notes from other car lots probably is just the natural progression of, of wanting to expand your finance company any larger than your dealership's footprint. We, we talked about this with Clint on last week's episode, Jeff, and the problem with what we do is buy here, pay here stores is the inventory. It's, is getting the inventory, getting it ready, what you're experiencing right now, Jeff. And, you know, selling it's not really all that hard, right? And that's a lot of our overhead. But it's, I mean, like, that part is huge overhead. So if you could take what we do and not have to buy the inventory, not recon the inventory, but have a dealer down the street do all that work, and then you discount the note and buy it and collect it, that's where the money is. It's not, it's not what we're doing. And I, I totally agree with you, Ari, and I, I believe that's where we're going to be going here very soon, too. Hmm. See, that blows my mind because that's where I started for the first five years of my career and got out of it because I felt like it wasn't profitable enough. You didn't control the quality of car, the quality of customer as much as you do when you are you, a buy here, pay here. But I think you can. Um, I, think, I think you got to be choosy, and I think there's opportunity to be real choosy with, this, with the amount of dealers out there looking to – get cars financed. Um, I think bulk buying deals might, that's a little scary to me, but if you do, if you pick them off one at a time, I think there's, there's a lot more than what you're thinking, Jeff. But Harry talks about a very unique financing model, right? Near Harry, you're talking about a subsection of clientele and, and the population that is, I don't want to say unbankable, but not your traditional customer you could send to CAC or Westlake or Lobel, they'd even look at it because there is no proof of income. They're hundred percent paid cash. You're verifying employment by checking their Facebook profile. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> if you're being, if you know Westlake history for a little bit uh, and remember what I was telling you, I usually look at the big guy and say, you know what? I can, I can get there. I, I can be like that guy. So I'm a big fan of Westlake. Uh, I think they, 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 the hanky guy is an amazing 
unbelievable smart guy um, and he's been doing almost everything right um, but if you go to history and you see how they started they started like that they they were able to finance those guys i remember my rep uh, used to tell me is the guy daddy and i said yeah okay all right uh, we'll do it <laughs> dirty as it works as it works not dirty as in dirty <laughs> <laughs> coming from work yeah, so yeah. I, I used to take uh, like a picture of a work band that he was coming, right? Uh, he parked in a work band. I used to take the picture and send it to guys. I said, look, the guy works in a, this, uh, uses, he uses this work band. So those, 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 uh, that's the market that I'm trying to get to. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Anything else, Jeff? I, well, I could, I could talk to Harry for days. So. Yeah, and we have. It, it, Harry is, and, and, and to wrap this up as a testament to the dealer community and 20 groups, Harry is the kind of guy where we talk once a month, once every other month or so, and I always get off the phone with him extra motivated. So in between my 20 groups where I go and get motivated or convention or anything else, having a phone call with a dealer of the caliber of Harry just motivates me on all aspects from my dealership and my personal life and other investments. So that being said, find those people in the community that do that for you oh, and yeah. stay in contact and build that community and talk to them and make the phone calls and have the communication and bounce ideas off them. Because I mean, I think a lot of what we've done in the growth we've seen over the last three or four years has been because I've bounced ideas off Harry, you know, and he's been like, huh. yeah. Both you know? ways, both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> both ways. You help me out a lot, a lot as well. I yeah. have a lot of ideas as well. You know, that's that's something. You know, Jeff feels like he learns everything from Harry. Probably that you don't give anything back to Harry. Well, <laughs> it works both ways so much, yeah, and totally. and we we all feel like that sometimes. I feel like, man, I'm I'm always talking to this guy, and I'm all. There's a couple guys in town that that are my contemporaries in age, but they're in other businesses. And I'm like, I ask so much of them. I don't feel like I ever give, give them anything, but hopefully I do. But I think it's something to be learned that always talk to people because you're going to, both of you are going to get something out of it some way or another. Mm -hmm. I agree. One, one, one last thing. I know we're almost um, finishing. Um, one thing for the dealerships, I would say the mid-sized dealerships, the buy here, pay here, um, don't forget to do your reinsurance company. Do it. Oh, yeah. mm. uh, that product, the CPI product, the gap cancellation or debt cancellation, whatever you want to call it, is a it's a money maker machine. So don't don't think about it. It's gonna work. You're gonna make uh, good money out of it. So don't don't waste your time thinking about it. And one, two, three years down the road, you're like, ah, do it. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. How long have you had yours, Harry? Uh, probably like five years and you funded five. it pretty healthy to the point where you're able to use it for opportunities yes exactly we we use that money to as you know uh, for commercial properties yeah that's great crazy and it's money that at the time i mean it hits your bottom line as an expense and it might hurt your cash flow a little bit but it's the same thing as putting away your savings in your retirement account or your 401k or your roth ira whatever it is you just do it every month because all of a sudden you look in that account and you're like, holy crap, you know, I've built up a pretty good nest egg. I'm glad Harry decided to introduce uh, the reinsurance thing here, Jeff. And let me tell you this. If you're not doing reinsurance, call the birds at Dealer Re today. 
you know, it's you can't get it done before the end of the year at this point. But <laughs> get on board in January. Get it rolling. Don't waste another year thinking about how in the world am I going to build wealth in my dealership. The only way to do it is with reinsurance company, right, Jeff? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've been a full 12 months in mine. I'm pretty excited. We're getting going. Um, and when I look at it, I mean, I've, I've helped reduce my tax burden, which was freaking yeah. horrible <laughs> this year. Um, and so it's a win-win for me, right? It's a win-win. And like, like I said during the podcast, 10 years I've been doing this and it's changed our life and it's changed the direct trajectory of our business. Jeff, uh, Friday will be 10 years that I've had my reinsurance company with Delary, and um, it's, you know, you and I can't speak too much about it. It's, we can't speak enough right. about it. So you're going to be able to yeah. pull out some money and buy yourself a nice uh, town and country minivan. Yeah. I, I, I'm a town and, t- town and country type of guy. Actually, what, <laughs> it's, it's Pacifica now, I believe is what it is. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. All right. Y'all. Yeah, yeah. I can see it in another town and country. Guy, thank you for inviting me. Thank you, uh, Harry. Now to you guys. Hopefully you can, I can help uh, whoever uh, wants to take my advice and, and follow my path. Yeah, for sure. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this episode inspired you to take positive action. Remember to subscribe so you get each episode the day it comes out. And we would love your help spreading the word. Leave us a review and share this podcast with your dealer friends. Dealers helping dealers learn and grow together.